Welcome to The Profitable Way. I am your host, Robin Gooding, and this is a podcast for entrepreneurs looking to do good in the world while pursuing profits and living a rich life. I truly believe that the missing link to multi-passionate, heart-centered entrepreneurs is the intersection of a holistic strategy, an efficient back-end system, and the soul work that focuses on our inner world so that our outer world can flourish. My clients have quit the cubicle, moved overseas for the digital nomad life, more than doubled their income, and expanded their lives using my signature framework that integrates strategy, systems, and soul. If you're looking to clarify your strategy, structure and optimize your systems, and amplify your soul work, you are in the right place. I promise to relentlessly support you making money online, doing what you love, so that you can live your version of an epic and rich life. Hello, welcome to this week where we are doing something a little bit different. If you are new to the podcast, typically I talk a lot about business strategy and marketing and the energetics of entrepreneurship. Um, Yeah, systems, money, (laughs) wealth creation, like those are my usual topics. But today I'm going to be talking about a personal journey that I've been on and, and one that I haven't talked about before ever. And uh, please check the show notes for trigger warnings and protect your heart. If you are pregnant, if you have had miscarriages, if you have any sensitivity around fertility stuff and you're not wanting to hear anyone else's journey, please protect yourself from that. And, uh, Otherwise, I really just have to jump in because otherwise, I'm not sure I will ever record this. <laughs> so let's see if I can get through it without crying. And uh, I just also want to say that I decided to record it in four parts because I told myself that if there was ever a time that I would share my story, I needed to share the whole story. And I'm finally at that place now where I can share the whole story, which is why I'm finally doing it. Okay. uh, So we're going to be doing four parts. They will be split. So I'm going to kind of speak to each part of the journey in each episode. And today we're going to be talking about the very beginning. Uh, So basically for the past few years, I've been on a journey Uh, Around my 31st birthday in 2020, I decided to remove my IUD and my husband and I decided that we were going to do the not trying, trying thing for baby number two. Okay. And we had no idea that it would be the wildest journey of our lives because we do have a six-year-old daughter and we got pregnant with her the first time we ever didn't use birth control and we weren't actively trying to conceive and the pregnancy other than a little bit of, well, a lot of morning sickness in the first trimester, there was just, it was an uneventful pregnancy. It was easy and and beautiful and everything that I would hope pregnancy would be 
And I was naive. I had no idea that I had it so great. But I just assumed that, you know, everything would continue that way if we ever wanted to have more kids. So yeah, very surprised when that was not the case. Uh, So 2020, we decide we're going to try for baby number two. And after a few months of not getting pregnant, I decided to work with a naturopathic doctor because I just, I'm so connected to my body. I knew there was something off. And they found out that my ferritin levels were really low. My estrogen was very dominant. There were some like hormonal imbalances, nothing that was, you know, too concerning. All things that we could balance. So I did progesterone. I did iron infusions. I optimized my diet. I optimized my lifestyle. I reduced stress as much as possible, like all the things. And of course, at this time, there was a giant pandemic happening and the world was a mess. And my own world was also a mess because my husband is a pilot. His work situation had changed. He ended up not working for two years. I was the financial breadwinner. My business was growing and and blowing up. And like there was just a lot going on. We were traveling a lot that year. We were moving around. We um, during this period we bought the house. We were renovating the house. Like there was so much going on, and so nothing for me was like very concerning. I just, you know, I knew I was under stress. I realized that I hadn't been taking care of myself during the last couple of years when I was building my business and raising a child who was three at the time. And so, yeah, I just focused on fertility protocol and I just trusted things would work out. And so a few months later, they did. We ended up getting that BFP, which is the big fat positive. And I was so, 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 so happy. It was one of the best days of my life because it had been a long wait. So this was in 2022. So a journey from May of 2020. And obviously there was a period there of like the not trying, really actively trying period. But then there was at least probably a year of like the fertility protocol and rebalancing my hormones and doing iron infusions and the active conception stuff. And so after that period in 2022, we felt like our prayers were finally answered and it felt like things were really finally falling into place and everything seemed to be going along really well and there were no red flags. I felt really good. I was so excited. Like everything was good. I wasn't stressed. Things were great until they weren't. So at our third ultrasound, we found out that there was no heartbeat and we had experienced a silent miscarriage. And what that meant was that my body had no obvious signs of a miscarriage. Like there was no spontaneous bleeding. There was no spotting. There was no like real loss of pregnancy symptoms or anything like that. There was just no sign whatsoever that anything was wrong. And so obviously like that's like the worst news to get when you're just so 
shocked, thinking everything is perfect. And it was a it was a yo-yo experience. Um, the first ultrasound we did, they had said that they thought we were measuring behind where my last menstrual cycle, like based on the last menstrual period date, they were like, oh, you're measuring a bit behind, but like, this is also normal, super normal. So just go to another ultrasound and they'll just make sure everything's progressing well. And then, so we did that. We went to uh, the like specialist ultrasound place and they confirmed that there was the fetal pole and all the things. And that, yeah, we were probably measuring behind. The doctor actually went so far as to say this had happened to him and his wife before. And they had now a one-year-old and it was fine. And so we had all this hope. And then two weeks later, we had to go for uh, another ultrasound. And at that ultrasound, they confirmed actually, no, like you're losing, not, you're not losing this baby. You have lost this baby. And just that whole like roller coaster was just awful. And um, truly, like my whole world felt like it was collapsing because I had done so much to have this baby. And I just felt so much pressure around, um, I don't know, like I just had so many things in my head around like what I wanted my family unit to look like and age gaps and things like that, like already it wasn't going to be the gap in things that I'd pictured, but I just, I just felt so behind, like so, so behind and so distraught that unexpectedly here I was losing a baby that I thought was finally my prayer answered. Right. And, you know, before when I had heard about miscarriages, to be honest, I'd never really talked to anybody about their personal miscarriage experience, but just from movies and knowing that they happen and my first pregnancy with Isla, like knowing that there was a risk and all of that, like you just, of course you have compassion for anybody who would go through a miscarriage and you assume it would be a sad experience, but I was completely unprepared for the immense heartache and grief and shame, like the the enormity of it that I felt was just so unfamiliar for me and unexpected. And I don't know, like I just had no idea it would be that sad or that I would be that sad. And this is obviously my personal experience. Everyone has their own journey. And if you've had a miscarriage, whatever your journey was, is okay, right? Like no matter your reaction, it's fine. It's normal. It's That's your experience and it's valid. Uh, for me, it was just really unexpectedly painful emotionally. And many women I've talked to have shared with me the same sentiment. Like they were just so shocked by how sad they felt by it. And because, too, I didn't have a spontaneous miscarriage, meaning that my body wasn't um, shedding or removing the pregnancy tissue on its own, I had to also go through a physical experience. And the physical experience was so torturous for me. I had to have essentially a a medicated abortion because my body was really holding on to the pregnancy and the placenta and all the tissue. 
And so we had to medically remove everything. I don't want to go into details too much here because uh, I don't think that would be appropriate. But truly, like the traumatic uh, experience of passing that baby was like nothing I have ever experienced. On top of what I had to see and the whole process, it was more painful than my birth of my daughter. I had a an unmedicated birth with Isla and my miscarriage contractions were 12 hours of nonstop intense pain that to me felt way more painful than what I remembered with Isla. And I know that there's totally like psychology around this, you know, the the psychology of bad pain feels differently in the body to like a good pain. So I don't know if it was psychological or like physical or whatever, but just the 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 actual contractions were so intense. And my husband was away for work, so I was alone uh, just navigating the most excruciating pain and passing everything. I was throwing up. I was on the floor. I felt like fainting. Like it was just insane. And uh, finally, the next day, I hadn't actually like been able to leave the bathroom because I was bleeding so much. And the next day, my husband came back from Montreal where he was working. He found me in the shower. I wasn't showering. I was just bleeding so much that I was scared to leave that space and put blood everywhere. And uh, he was horrified. So he called 911. And I ended up going to the ER where they confirmed I was having a hemorrhage. And they had to manually remove my placenta that was blocked and the other pregnancy tissues. So no time for pain medication, anesthesia, or anything like that. Uh, They had to move really fast. And that was exceptionally traumatic on top of (laughs) the other trauma that I'd already experienced. You can only imagine that a few days before you're planning baby shower and your whole life around the schedule of this baby's arrival and you're so excited and you're just on cloud nine. Finally, your prayers answered and now you're lying in the ER on an operating table without any pain medication, (laughs) hemorrhaging, dealing with the aftermath of losing your baby. It was a blur. In many ways, it was a very out-of-body experience. Even now when I think about it, it's like a weird, it's a weird memory for me. Uh, Like I really think I blacked out some of it for sure because it was just too much. But once I was able to move on from the physical aspect of that miscarriage, I entered the status portal of my life because then I had to confront the emotional, the grief, the shame around my body, feeling betrayed by my body. Why did this happen? Why did we lose this baby? What did I do wrong? What's wrong with my body? Um, yeah, just so, so much. And, you know, now knowing what I've had to go through since that moment, 
I'm just like, wow, because that was rock bottom for me. But little did I know that that was actually only the beginning of what was going to be a very, very painful journey for me. So about a couple months after that, I finally ended up being able to see a specialist because during COVID, there were like crazy wait times. You couldn't really see a doctor. There was a lot of lot of healthcare challenges going on, obviously. And so it was a lot of services were kind of on pause. So I hadn't been able to see a specialist or anything, but I finally did. And we found out that I had a massive uterine growth and the growth was the size of one third of my uterus, which was really big. And because of its placement in my uterus, it was near the right fallopian tube, which was clearly preventing the egg from being released from that part of my body. But because the growth was so big that even if the egg was released from the other side, it would have a hard time implanting. And then if it did implant, like this baby did implant, it would probably obstruct the growth of the baby because it was just, there wouldn't be enough space, essentially, is what I was told. And so now we felt like, okay, we have an answer for what the problem is. And they also told me I needed to have uterine surgery. Unfortunately, the wait times in Canada were just insane. They told me one to two years would be the wait for the surgery because of everything that happened with COVID. And in that period of time, we were we wouldn't be able to try to conceive. And obviously, I didn't want to have this ginormous growth in my body. So I ended up deciding to go to the U.S. to pay private for the surgery. And that was a challenge in and of itself because the American system works with insurance companies that are you know, in the network or out the network, so to speak. And so if a doctor is affiliated with certain insurance companies and you have that insurance company, then you're in their network and typically you can work with them. But if you're out of the network because you have a different insurance coverage or you're international and you're private pay, then a lot of them like won't even see you, which was my experience at least. So I called all over the country. I did so much research to find like a well-reviewed accredited surgeon who would take me on, who would allow me to pay privately for this. And you have to pay for the surgeon, their fee. Then you have to pay for the hospital where you're doing the surgery, their fee. And then for the anesthesia and all the meds that you're going to need to go under the knife, you have to pay them their fees. So there's like three different people involved here that you have to navigate. And I was finally able to coordinate all of that, find a day that worked for everybody and book in for my surgery. So that was my first surgery in this journey. Um, Definitely not my last. And as I record this episode, I'm still waiting to have another surgery, which will be in two weeks from now, actually. And that's not my second surgery either. So it's been a long journey. And I'm going to share all of it, everything completely openly across these episodes. But I really wanted this first episode to honor the first baby that I lost because that loss taught me so much about love 
and about heartbreak in a way that I'd never experienced, it uh, it really makes me emotional because I I was able to experience what it feels like to fall in love with someone you've never met and who you will never meet. So if you've had a pregnancy loss, I see you. I see your pain. I also understand the complex relationship that you may have with your body that can result from the loss and the pain in simple questions like, how many kids do you have? Do you want more kids? Even just navigating the medical system, every time I go for fertility appointments, they always ask, how many times have you been pregnant? How many living children do you have? And for me, that ratio is really, really heartbreaking. So I just really wanted part one to honor the first loss, that baby that like rocked my world and the grief portal that I entered and the love that I felt for life and for the gift of life. Um, yeah. I if you are currently navigating this grief, I just sending you so much love. As I've said, I was personally completely unprepared for the immense grief and shame that I experienced. So if that is also true for you, just love yourself through this. Know that you will one day feel better. And you don't have to feel alone. You're not alone. And fortunately, this is not uncommon. And your spirit baby is so loved. As I know that my spirit babies are also so loved. And I just hope that this episode, which is just the very beginning of my journey, but honors the sacred experience of mother in all the ways that we mother. You know, and it was my introduction to an experience of motherhood that is so different from anything I thought I would walk or was even in my worldview. But it's just as sacred, you know, being a mother to a six year old, having a healthy first pregnancy, having an easier, an easy conception with my first daughter, and mothering her now is as sacred as the journey of like struggling to conceive and conceiving and losing babies and having a miscarriage and the yearning for motherhood, no matter if you've never had a child or if you've got one or two children and you're yearning for another child, the whole experience of mother is just enormous and complex and beautiful and sacred in so many ways. And As I said, this miscarriage, my first miscarriage was really my introduction to a whole other version of motherhood and what it is to mother myself from anything I'd ever gone through before. So I'm going to pause there for part one and I'm going to share the next part of the journey in the next episode. Thank you so much for being here and receiving me in this. If you need support, I'm going to put some resources in the show notes as well, and I will catch you in the next one. I'm Robin Gooding, and you've been listening to the Profitable Way podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at robin.gooding and join the Facebook community through the link in my Instagram bio. 
It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe, rate, and review this episode so that I can continue to share this message with other entrepreneurs looking to pursue their dream online. I hope you'll join in next week for another episode. And I hope that you always remember that the best is yet to come.